Have you ever stopped to take a look at the role sexuality plays in your life? What if sex really was as important as eating, drinking, and sleeping? Today we talk with Amy Jo Goddard, author of Woman on Fire, about how we could all benefit by changing the way we use sex in our lives. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Yay! Bienvenue! Welcome! <laughs> Welcome! <laughs> uh, super excited to be talking with Amy Jo Goddard. Yes. Or French, Goddard. Goddard. They yeah. always say it better. They do. Mm. Everything's better in French. It is. Well, <laughs> they have a way. I always, I'm always like the naysayer. So well, was, she dated a Frenchman <laughs> for a very long time, so Did that ruin it. I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't say it ru- he's a beautiful person. He, he is. Really, uh, you yeah, know, yes. You know. Yeah. So I, I, a lot of positive experiences. Uh-huh. Well, he could say oh. my name all day long. Be, <laughs> yeah, sure, exactly. you'll be happy. Amy <laughs> Jogouda. Yeah, exactly. Amy Jogouda. No, it's yes. charming. It is sure. wonderful. So we, I totally geeked out on your stuff when I found your book and I read and I and I immediately ordered it without even really looking at it, and then um, and then I found your very famous quote, yes, um, which which we posted on Instagram. We did, mm-hmm. but basically, it's the, the more whole we are as sexual beings, the more fulfilled we are as human beings, which totally resonated with with me and us because it's pretty much exactly what we founded our show off of. It's like. Yeah, I mean, I certainly, I think almost everyone, at least in the U.S. and maybe globally, doesn't grow up with it being a focal point Um, or, yeah, yeah, sexuality being, uh, being accepted as an integral part to your daily existence. Um, And then I started leaning more towards that. And I feel like I mentioned this to you, A, we were talking about, I I think people like I'll get like pushback almost like I'll if I'm talking openly about it, they kind of will say something like, well, maybe you're oversexed or maybe you need it too much or maybe you're unusual. And I'm like, we need the problems with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm, and I'm like, well, I hear you. I'm like, but I, and I've given some thought to that because I want to honor people's opinions. And, and I'm like, well, the difference is I've had a, the positive experience and then the ones that where I don't feel so fulfilled or connected. And, and so I always want to have that dialogue with people and kind of, and maybe, it, maybe it's my own source of frustration. Um, when maybe a partner that I'm with doesn't value it as much or I don't know, isn't as connected. So, um, so anyway, that brings us to this book, woman on fire. Yes. And, um, but you also, you had an observation too. Well, I guess just in, in terms of that ethos and how it's been in my life, it's, um, uh, I feel like, I feel like sexuality for me, my experience anyway, has been a tremendous teacher and a very strong and a very, clear and accurate mirror and reflection of a lot of of kind of every facet of what's going on in me in my being at all times in my life that has nothing to do with sexuality really and so I've found that by really being being aware of and understanding what's going on with my sexual energy where where there's blocks where beliefs are where there's holds where there's not permission where uh, which Amy Jo talks a lot about all these things by by putting my attention and awareness on it and working through them in my sexual life, it totally, completely frees me up in every other aspect of my life. So for me, sexuality is a, a kind of a, an anchor of a check-in and and teacher, and which is why... Yeah, it's the quickest the way sh- to know when something's not working. You're like, I'm, I'm not functional. Oh, maybe there's some emotional blocks I'm having or something mm-hmm. that allow you to go deeper. And I feel like the mm-hmm. physical, I think... Um, this is hard to explain, but I guess I feel like if there's something out of balance uh, within me, um, it's so instantly reflected in the physical 
in my sexual life. I don't know. I, I wish I could give you a clear example, but anyway. No, it seems clear. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I was thinking sense? like, oh, I mean, the most obvious is like, I'm not able to orgasm right now. I mean, provided you normally do, right? So say you're orgasming and all of a sudden you're like, it's not coming. You know, maybe there's, maybe there's a block. Well, anyway, sure. I, what I, so Amy Jo, I am, I actually was wondering kind of, did you have like a specific moment where kind of a bell went off that, um, that there was like, that there was more to be explored, you know, what, like kind of leading you down this path? Oh yeah. I mean, I tell the story in, in the book of how I came into this field, um, and growing up having absolutely in zero resources, zero conversation about sexuality. Um, my mom left when I was super young. I grew up with my dad who was in the military and he was sort of the, the stereotypical military guy in a lot of ways. So we were not having conversation. <laughs> um, you know, my mom made a few efforts, but she was also a recovering Catholic. So um, her words. Um, and so I just I grew up having a lot of really hard experiences and um, and when I finally got to college and I think it was my second quarter I was all about the human sexuality class you know mm. uh, I went to UC Santa Barbara if there's any gauchos out, out there you would know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about uh, Social 152 had like this huge reputation on campus um, they packed students into this 900 person lecture hall every quarter and uh, John and Janice Baldwin taught that class, and it was just amazing. And it completely opened up my world to get some really, not only really great education and information that I didn't have, but to have open dialogue and relaxed attitudes and um, compassion and understanding and you know just the whole vibe of their openness and the way that they taught to have that modeled for me was, was huge. So that really was the beginning of my path. And it took me, you know, four or five years later when I wanted to go to graduate school and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just do women's studies because I'm, I'm an awesome feminist. They should want me. <laughs> and then I got turned down. I was like, what? Really? Are you kidding me? So, you know, I only You're like, thank God now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was all, you know, it's always, all meant it's to always be. the way it's exactly supposed to go. Yeah. So I got turned down and I really had to get more clear. Well, what is it I really want to do? And then I was like, oh, I want to teach sexuality. I want to do what the Baldwins do. How do I do that? I mean, this was like 1993. So right. it was like, how... How do I figure this out? There was no internet. I know right. it's hard for some of you kids out there listening to imagine that. There was no internet, so I had to go to the library. Have you been to one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what those are? It's been a long time. I know, right? Yeah, I miss libraries, actually. But you raise a good point. I mean, even when we started to do this show, I think we were like, well, where do we turn? Like, mm -hmm. who are the experts? And I think through all of our research, we're like, mm -hmm. oh, we still, you know, we found you and we found people like Sherry Winston and, mm -hmm. and you, you know, so they're out there, but it's still not obvious. It's a hell of a lot better than it once was. Let me tell yeah. you, if I would have had the internet when I was that young, isolated teenager, that would have changed my world in many ways. I'm well, sure. hopefully if you weren't going to be misled down to porn, right. you know, it depends still. what I would have accessed. Right. <laughs> exactly. Don't believe everything that's on the internet, folks. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah. It's just a big database to find the good stuff and you do have to search. Yeah, yeah you do. And you have to know where to look. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. And I just I've stayed really true to that path for over 20 years. It was really clear that's what I needed to do. You know, I have to admit, um, 
and this sort of leads us into one of the things that really that I want to touch on in talking with you is um, when I and I'm look I'm in this industry and that you know T and I talk about this stuff every day but but I feel like there is this judgment or stereotype or lack of understanding around people who are in the sex education field um, where it's like oh, well, I don't really need that. Or I'm not damaged, really. So there's mm-hmm. no... Um, or I'm not There's nothing I can maniac. get from that. Or I'm not... Right. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not, I'm not like an addict. You. So mm-hmm. I'm a normal person. So, oh, this none of this stuff applies. You know? And wild, sensational stuff. <laughs> I feel like that's how it's depicted. Right. Uh, uh, and um, so I, I feel like... Or I guess I wonder I, if there's a lot of people who don't really understand the value of of what's like in your book and and what your message is and whatnot and and you talked about in your book about really is it redefining the core um sexual model that we all have in life and what's my I guess I guess I think it's in I don't know T what am I trying to say I don't know (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's a couple things I want to speak to. One yeah. is that, yeah, I mean, people definitely devalue sexuality. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, you know, even in doing the work that I do, and I do some pretty high-level work, I, you know, people spend a lot of money to work with me uh, and a lot of their time, and it's a lot of energy, and people are really, the people who show up and want to do that are really committed and they're, they are a different kind of person. It is not every person that will make that choice to make that kind of investment in their sexuality and to see it as that important. Um, and I think that our, cult- our culture devalues it all the time. Um, I think, and I think also there's a piece around like spending money on sex you know there's a there's a there's sort of that puritanical thing that's that's under that Mm -hmm. um that like oh that must be some form of prostitution or something and even if it were like that's that's valuable but um we learn to to treat sexuality as only something that we need help with when we want to fix it rather than something that we want to grow and we want to evolve and that's just as worth spending time and energy and money and uh, on as you know your physical well-being or your mental well-being your emotional well-being your spiritual well-being um, and so I feel like that's a big thing that I do in my work is I kind of help people understand that that value and um, and they get it they definitely <laughs> get it when they go through my programs but um, but yeah I think that every single person needs help with their sex life at some point in their life now will every single person get help no absolutely not and so so for me, what has been interesting in being in business and, and you know, doing the work that I do and, and looking at, you know, well, who, who are we actually marketing to? Is like, what does make those people different? You know, those people that, that do value that and want to spend that time and um, where I'm not going to beat my head against a wall trying to get them to understand why it's important. Right, like they, they have to have, have a curiosity. certain level of understanding. Right, of that. because it's not just about how to reach orgasm or uh or how to have great sex it, like that's what i'm I, I, that's i guess what i'm getting at is that there's our sexuality i feel can can really be as i mean i feel it is as important as eating sleeping drinking i mean it, it's i i see it as such an integral part of my own being and mm-hmm. my own life and i, I just 
yeah, I guess I, you know, it kind of, it's kind of freaky, <laughs> you know, that we, that I feel like people a lot of times see it as this extra thing, you know, it's like mm-hmm. this indulgent mm-hmm. extra, like, oh, I'm going to have a cupcake, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and a luxury, some, right. It's a luxury as mm-hmm. opposed to, uh, um, self-maintenance. Yeah. Not, but not, not just the necessity of orgasming, yeah. but really, you know, and you touched on this on your workshop, like defining. Yeah, we went to really, Amy Jo's workshop at Pleasure Chest. It's hard to define sexuality and what sexuality is. And you're right, it, it really is. I'm having a hard time with it now. But um, I felt like, can I? Yeah. I um, There's a part in your book you just mentioned how a lot of us learn from informal lovers. But I mean, you know, informal versus formal education. Mm-hmm. And that informal being that you learn from lovers. And then formal being of course like a sex mm-hmm. educator like yourself mm-hmm. and then that made me think about my own journey and it's like oh like all of my education came from informal education which is my lovers and I and it, then it's you kind of realize how much it's just luck of the draw that you know maybe my that for me my my early experiences were largely positive mm-hmm. that and and that maybe the second lover I had was very into showing me how to orgasm you know, or, you know, and it's, but I, like, I didn't know to ask for that. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, if anything, he'd be like, well, mm-hmm. how does this feel? And I'm like, what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's good. Yep. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. That's good. You know, I think. <laughs> right. It's supposed to be like that. Well, and then, and then just how, um, how much, you, how easily you could go in the opposite direction if one of your early lovers is judgmental or has their own issues around it, you know, or discomfort, you know, one, one off color comment or side comment can shut you down. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I hear those stories all the time. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? So, what for you? Can you share your perspective on the the value of sexuality? I suppose in our life, if it's not this cupcake or this luxury, <laughs> I think it's I think it's just absolutely essential to to our well being and that wholeness. You know, from that quote, uh, I believe that our core energy is our sexual energy. And that everything is birthed from that. And obviously, that is my lens on the world. <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. People have sure. other lenses. Um, sexual energy is creative energy. And I think that we were put here to create. All of us were put here to create something. And if we're not creating, we're probably destroying. Um, I think when we're not in that, that place of creation, it, it leads to a lot of unhappiness. Um, and, and our creations are vastly different right for some people it's I want to make a family I want to raise children Um, some people are creating communities some people are creating businesses some people are making art and music and and things like that some people are working on big projects Um, but there's some element of creation that really taps that core and so we use our sexual energy for sex but we also use it for all of those things you know and so sometimes I'll hear like like an artist will say to me you know I'm so into this new work that I'm making and I'm not having sex right now, but I don't care because like, I'm just so into this work and is that okay? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, so they're just funneling that, that creative sexual energy into their art. And, and so sometimes that happens. And, and I think we learn to think, oh, there's something wrong with me if I'm not ticking off enough little, you know, I've, I need the tick marks of like, you know, have I had 2.5 right. Sexual episodes this week. I don't. I don't know if I have. I'm behind. You know, it's like we're always comparing ourselves and measuring ourselves against these false, um, false bars, really. Yeah, and and it's almost like for me, I, it's almost like that model or that paradigm of 
you know, am I having sex X amount of times per week? And da 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 is more um, it kind of like a carnally based. Um, what do I mean by that? I mean rooted in like seeing the world through the lens of just the importance of the physical, as opposed to understanding like did I the get energetic aspect mm-hmm. of sexual energy and how it can. Uh, oh no. Sorry, my poor puppy here has been sick and she's like, I need to go out. Uh, we have a, a, a puppy emergency. Um, actually, this is she, a perfect time for are a we gonna break. break. We're going to break. Take, <laughs> uh, and we'll come back to my... Yeah, I'm, we're talking with TNA. This is TNA Talk Sex. We're talking with Amy Jo Goddard and we're going to come back and continue this conversation about her book, Woman on Fire, and, uh, and a fuller sexuality in our daily lives. We are back with TNA Talk Sex, talking with Amy Jo Godard. She wrote the book Woman on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. And you can yes. find her at Amy Jo Godard. That's with two Ds on Twitter. Goddard. Goddard. See, we, we had all oh, this sorry. talk about how do you pronounce my name and then... And then the I mispronounce when, it. Well, it's the thing when like, yeah, you hear the mispronunciation and that's what everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> Out the window. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> I get that a lot. The I most important thing is spelling it. But there's not two O's it. in my... No, there's so two Ds. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, can, you can find the book on Amazon and wherever books are. And it's really well written. Thank you. Yeah. No, I it's think just, so. I'm it's, very proud of it. It's a good book. Yeah, yeah. I think it just anyway. It's, it explains things very well. Thank you. Yeah. Did Can, you? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just had a mini like you were talking about the creativity and sexuality and where it goes. And I remember in college, basically, I think I was sleeping with like four guys at the same time, you know, or mm. like in the same weekend, kind of you know, just constant like carousel. And then um, I went into production directing the vagina monologues, mm. and basically it was just like every you know sex stopped and all my attention was into mm-hmm. this project with these women and it was like mm-hmm. this amazing mm-hmm. focus on sort of sexuality but mm-hmm. right the energy was being channeled in that way mm-hmm. which I think that was my first time going oh that's interesting yeah yeah it all comes from the same well you know I mean we can split it out and be like but that's spiritual energy or that's creative energy sexual energy it's all from the same well yeah, from the which is why it's not body. a luxury. Maybe that was the end of the point. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that I was coming to. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, absolutely. I, it's essential. Yeah. It's right. essential for our well-being and for our fulfillment. And uh, yeah, it fuels everything we do. Yeah. So um, I wanted to to touch on sexual empowerment, which you is a term you use a lot. Um, and to, you know, I I was thinking about it. And I'm like, I feel like young <clears throat> women, or maybe even just culturally, everyone feels like sexual empowerment is sleeping around right. and being Sleep able with to lots of people and you're empowered right no, exactly no. so can we please redefine <laughs> that <laughs> yeah no there's plenty of people who are having lots of sex and maybe even lots of good sex who are not sexually empowered um that doesn't mean that we fully understand our bodies that doesn't mean we understand and can communicate our desires that doesn't mean we're really inhabiting our bodies um people can be like showing up physically in sex but like totally not be home 
Um, one of the concepts I talk about in the book a lot is the concept of really being at home right. in ourselves. That's one of the nine elements. And uh, I think a lot of people are really, they're not comfortable with their sexuality. They don't understand it and they're not home. And so it's really, you know, to me, it's it's that homecoming of of what does it mean to really come home and, and inhabit myself in a new way and be in my full sexual expression and not feel like I'm putting parts of myself away or that I have to kind of like mitigate who I am in order to protect the people around me. And I think that's a, a process of, of maturity on some level. And, it, and it's mm-hmm. also a lot of like really deepening who we are as emotional people um, as well as, you know, physically, spiritually, um, you know, sex is like, it's, it's the whole thing. It's all of it. Can I, when I was reading the book, like a little alarm went off in my head at some point going, well, where am I putting my sexual energy? And, you know, maybe more often than not, I'm always like, I want to put it into engaging with a partner. Mm-hmm. And then it made me go, oh, maybe I need to be using it in other ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have thoughts on that? Like, you know, is there, I don't know, is there enough time in the day to kind of put your energy into both and all? Or is it, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I the thing about sexual energy, which is, you know, this is physics, right? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> You know, Sex when you build momentum and you start to fill something up, like it, it starts to go faster, right? Like the more you replenish that sexual energy, the more you can do with it, the more you can create in your life, the more fulfillment you can create, all of that. So um, I think a lot of times, you know, people come to me sometimes, they're like, my fire went out. <laughs> my flame is gone. I'm like, no, you have it. You have the flame. It might be an ember right now, but you have it, you know. Right. And so I think sometimes it's like, okay, what do I need to, you know, blow some oxygen on to, to kind of have that flare up? How do I nourish it? Um, one of the best ways to really nourish and, and fill, you know, fill up that well or, or flare the flame is to spend time in nature. Um, mm. And, you know, I talk about that a lot. Um, nature is hugely sexual. Oh my God! You're right. I so sexy. Every single it really is. (laughs) I walk by the neighborhood here, and I'm like, and this is in LA, you know. And I'm looking at all these plants, and it's just so phallic, and and, but and you know, I just see vaginas. Beautiful. I mean, it's wonderful. But you're right. Very erotic. Absolutely. There's like vaginas and phalluses everywhere. There's you know, and unashamed, unabashed, unhiding. There's there's yeah. There's a lot of flirtation. Um, There's good smells. There's a lot of sensuality. I mean, there's so much sexuality in nature smells and textures yeah all of that you know it really reflects us and so not only is it just fun and and you know it's it's really nourishing to be in nature and it always gives back to us it always gives back so when you think that your well has run dry um, go go jump in the ocean or go lay in a field or go you know take a walk on the beach or hike a mountain or you know whatever it is that excites you um and let that give back to you and and as you build the energy and then as you nourish it in the things that you're doing in your own practices and in your life it it creates more you know energy creates more energy yeah and it's like with your sex life if you give more energy to your sex life then it flourishes more um if you just let it sit on the back burner it will just sit there (laughs) we'll just sit there as long as you let it be there uh, it's not going to put itself on the front burner. You have to do, you have to uh, fuel that in right. some way. Feed it. Yeah. I guess I feel like also sexuality 
it's maybe the one thing that everyone has in common, right? Like we're all born into this world having mm-hmm. a sexuality. I mean, I'm sure there's different scales of... Well, I'm sure, right? All different shades and... Yeah, and types. So it's not even qualifying it that way, but just like it's something that is... Yeah, I'm just saying universal. Like if you are human, like there is a sexuality. Yeah, and sleeping. Well, exactly. Um, something I really liked about your book is the the like anecdotal stories of um mm. of the different women. Aren't they and great? So good. Oh my god, my it's my favorite part of the book. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, think the stuff I say too is kind of. Cool. <laughs> well, I loved. You know, you I have some really stories. personal stories too, which yeah. thank you for sharing those because mm-hmm. I I think all of those just make it relatable, right? And I'm able to connect with it. I noticed some of them tend to be like older women mm-hmm. and their experiences with getting in touch with their bodies. Um, I guess I was interested in just what, like the working with older women who maybe feel shut down or have decided they're like past that. Sex age. isn't for me anymore. Right. I'm not bearing is, children. Is that like a common audience that you work with or, you know, how, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually stories of people of all ages in there. We've got, we've got the twenties represented as well. But, um, yeah, I don't think most people are ready in their twenties to work on this. That's my experience. Um, when the 20 something woman shows up who like, is like, I want to do your sexual empowerment program. I'm like, you're awesome. (laughs) Like if they're really right for it, they tend to be fairly extraordinary. Um, so I love when they show up, but I think for most people, it's not until they're like in their 30s, into their 40s and even 50s, where they start to be dissatisfied enough or or mm. they know themselves enough, they've been on their journey long enough that they realize, oh wow, this is something I really need to address. A lot of times people have done the therapy, they've got their yoga practice, they've, you know, they've got their different things that they're doing around self-care and self-development, but they'll often say to me, this is the last frontier. I haven't done this part yet. Hmm. So I think, um, yeah, most of my clients, I would say, are like early 30s to mid to late 50s. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I get the 60-something woman. You know, there's a story in there of a woman who came to me at age 65. And she was like, is this too late? And I was like, no, I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, she took my program twice. She did it twice, you know, because she just, she needed that. She'd never had it. So um, it's never too late. But I, I mean, do you find that sexuality just shifts? Because I'm sure, I mean, is the goal to get a woman who's 65 to feel like she did when she was 25? Or is no, it? No. I, right. That's an impossible uh, right. <laughs> wish. And, you know, and I find that a mean? lot of women actually do lament uh, their sexuality in that way. You know, it's like, oh, I just want to feel 25 again. I don't actually. I, don't I, had, I had a great time in my 20s. I was living in New York. I was living it up. I had a great time in my 20s. I do not need to go back there. Yeah. Um, I'm loving the 40s. The 40s yeah. are awesome. So, you know, I think part of the work for all of us is to accept who we are at each phase. And that, you know, I often will say, you know, my 45-year-old body doesn't do the same things that my 25-year-old body did. So let me get to know this 45-year-old body and um, and figure out what it's capable of. Yeah, and what sexual empowerment, sexual energy, all of that mm-hmm. is like where we are right now instead mm-hmm. of, because there is this cultural drive toward the 25-year-old, like make everything like the 25-year-old woman, which is yeah. just... 25-year-old's 
don't know enough of what they're doing yet. Not they at don't all. Know who I they know. are. They Which think is, they do. I definitely did. I was a know-it-all. <laughs> oh man, I was so lost. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, was I mean, a super I, know-it-all too. Yeah. See, I was. I was the opposite. Where like I knew I didn't know it all, and then I like You're way put myself below everyone. Right. Because, you know what I mean? Right. Like the opposite. But, but, but yeah. But it's interesting because there's when I think about it, it's like, yeah, we do. I think our culture does put on the, on the pedestal, this uh, young 25 year old woman. And I don't know very many 25 year old women who are so solidly in their power and no. in their voice. And so you, it's interesting that that's the be. center. Right. Uh, right. You almost you, haven't lived enough to do it. I mean, I feel like I was a pretty empowered 25 year old. Sure. Yeah. In many, many ways, right. you know, I was on that, that path and I was really serious about it, but you you don't know what you don't know. So mm-hmm. until you've really lived those other in those other places, I think we don't fully know. And that's why women come later because mm-hmm. they start to bump up against things and they're like, "Oh, oh, huh. I've seen oh, this, this before. Is a thing. Oh, wow. Maybe maybe I should like get some support around this." <laughs> you know, and and uh and I love that. I love that about the work that that there's a certain maturity that comes with it. Um, right. It's it's not for the the whimsical. <laughs> I liked we had an interview with um with Mark Gray, you know, when he, and he mentioned kind of the that as an older gentleman, like that his sexual desire, he feels almost has more truth to it. Mm-hmm. Like be, like he's not just mm-hmm. getting hard at everything, you know, or mm-hmm. and and being mm-hmm. able to hear himself and hear what he really wants. Yeah. More, more Absolutely. I mean, I think there's there's developmental stages of sexuality. Um right. sexual, you know, of the sexual adult's life. And, um, and so I hear a lot of the same things over and over, you know, and, and, and that's part of, I think those developmental phases and some people will, um, you know, some people will be more committed to breakthroughs at those different phases than others, but, um, the things show up. Right. Yeah. And your, your book is sort of a, you had mentioned the workshop, but like a condensed, um, uh, well, well, these different nine elements are are sort of the repeated stories uh, that you had have experienced, right? From all these thousands of women that you've worked with, and mm. so and that's the really cool thing is if you are looking to be more self aware, self empowered, and really get in touch with your sexual energy and sexual self, I think this is a it's a great guide because the nine elements really takes you through discovering yourself in all these different ways mm-hmm. well and so and you these have are, to read the book yeah <laughs> these are like the distillations for right. you right from mm-hmm. all of the women you've worked with i mean you work with mm-hmm. men as well or what i do yeah yeah i just uh yeah i just signed a new male client i i'm always delighted when they show up because they're such good guys the ones who do show up um he lives in europe so you know sometimes that's they, fine they don't <laughs> live here but um but yeah it's mostly women um that's really for me, the the sweet spot. I love what happens when you get women together in a room, yes, and yeah. open up the door to talk about these things. I mean, it's just like the floodgates open, yeah. and um, so much magic happens. And I like to create that magic with them. So, apart from the book, you also do workshops as mm-hmm. well. I mean, you teach. You have your. Uh, you have an online uh, course now that women can take. That it's a full year or. Yeah, well, I'm teaching the nine elements in my virtual sexual empowerment program. So, you know, some people learn from a book and they're totally able to do it on their own. And that's great. Mm-hmm. If you get what you need, that's awesome. Um, but a lot of people really benefit from having a guide and a, and a circle of people to really support yeah, them in the work. Because right. so much comes up in this work as you go through it. It's really rich. 
Um, and also the accountability, I think, of having a group that can mm-hmm. keep you focused on keep you this showing path up. that you've mm-hmm. started. Well, and I think it's the witnessing. I think people really need to be witnessed in mm, their sexuality right. and in in the parts where their edges are a little rough. You know, I think we we need that witnessing. We need to be seen. We need to be tracked mm-hmm. in our process. And these things don't change overnight. These are big things we're talking about in terms of, you know, how do I really own my sexual voice? How do I show up as a more emotionally powerful person? I mean, those are big things. So, um, so yeah, we just graduated our first group and it was just incredible. It was wonderful to spend the year with these women as I was leading up to the publication of the book and, and getting to teach some of the material. And, and then, you know, we do a lot of assignments and then we do these community calls where the women can come on and talk to each other and get coaching from me and, and those are just so rich. Oh, my God, I love them. So probably there will be some book someday that I'll just <laughs> maybe, maybe talk about some of the wisdom that has come up in those. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I have the, the virtual program. And then my favorite thing I do is my in-person program. That's, yeah. that's the big one. Very that's nice. the one that um, I love the most. It's the thing I love doing most. So I work with private clients, but it's really groups. Um, and we just graduated our fifth generation. Wow, so congratulations. Neat. For uh, over five years now, yeah. Can I ask, as someone who's, I think we're we're getting we do towards have to the go, end. Yes. Can I it's ask Friday one more? night? Name me Joe. Oh. <laughs> How are we? <laughs> okay. I, um, being someone who provides this kind of support for so many people, do you? Do you ever get tired and how do you kind of check in with yourself and mm. kind of make sure your fire is still on? Oh, that's so sweet of you. Thank yeah. you for asking. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's a funny thing in the sex educator world where, you know, once in a while some of us will talk about like, well, where do we get support when we need it, you know? <laughs> like we have issues too, you know. Um, I have a really great group of friends and, and I have some really incredible mentors so I, you know, I make sure that each year I'm doing things for myself. Um, I'm going and I'm learning from, um, from the people that, you know, do work that, whose work I really respect and who I know can teach me something new. Hmm. And we never, we never run out of, I'm getting like, I have like a, a theme song. Oh, you do, I know. Um, <laughs> T's cell phone is going. Yeah, Sorry. We, we never run out of things to learn, you know. Yeah. Um, I've been teaching this work for over 20 years and I've done it in a lot of different contexts over the years, but I am well studied and I always am learning new things. You know, if you are committed to fully exploring and developing your sexuality, you will never run out of things. And that's what's exciting Mm, about it. You know, I love that about it. That's what keeps me interested. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any last thoughts? Oh... I feel Gosh. like we have this awesome sex expert. <laughs> I was, you know, what's cool to me is you had a book before this that you wrote. Uh, mm-hmm. Would I have the title "Lesbian Sex Secret"? <laughs> Lesbian sex secrets for men. Yeah. Yes. It sells itself. I don't know. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty great. I mean, frankly, I wanted to read it because I'm like, oh, I oh, I think more I'm women tips read it from than a lesbian. Men, Probably. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. No. It's, I'm really proud of that book. We just re-released it. Um, Penguin did both books. And so mm-hmm. they were like, well, we want to re-release the second edition of your first book. 
and the ebook on the same day. So everything came out the same day. So that's been a little eclipsed by Women on Fire because, of course, you know, I'm, uh, I'm more excited to talk about the new book. But yeah, mm. we did a revision and we added a whole bunch of things. I mean, that book is 15 years old. It's a bestseller. And it's done very, very well. So, And we had never done an ebook, And that was all like, <laughs> wow. like handheld books, you know, Me, physical yeah. books. So, and it's a book that really is, uh, is ideal for ebook. So, you know, right. so yeah. people can be like, I'm reading The Lesbian Sex Secrets, but I'm not telling anyone that I'm reading it. I'm just reading my, my emails at work. It's on my e-reader. <laughs> so, um, but it's a great book. I My co-author, Kurt Brungart, and I, um, yeah, we... We were excited to put that out again and, and get to do some things that we didn't get to do the first time. So right. that was pretty exciting. Right, so like yeah. other topics that maybe you had yeah. learned along the way. Yeah, it's 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 a rewrite of sex in many ways. So uh, I think a rewrite we need. Yeah. So. This was a small observation, but in one of the sketches in your book of female anatomy, there's like lightly depicted pubic hair and I was like yes mm-hmm. like you never see that in the renderings mm-hmm. of it even when it's an accurate like anatomy yeah. rendering it's yeah. it's hairless yeah so yeah a lot I, I I think oh my god the I was very specific about what I wanted in our our illustrations um they didn't let us illustrate lesbian sex secrets for men by the way which was ridiculous <laughs> so we have now put those illustrations on the website which is just lesbian sex secrets for men.com so that people can get those but um yeah I was really specific about some of the things I wanted in terms of realism and yeah. beauty I hate the the, the textbook vulvas are horrible horrible <laughs> why what what's what's so well, what's wrong about them? They are well. They're almost always a white woman, hairless, as uh. you say. Um, the vagina always looks like this wide open, like gaping hole, which it is not. <laughs> it oh, is a yes, I noticed that. Space. Uh, so there's always that, and it's always perfectly symmetrical. And most most are not perfectly symmetrical, just like everything else on our body. Right. So, um, so we did a little asymmetry on ours, and you know, I wanted to make it real. Yeah. Make cool. It real. Yeah. <laughs> on that Gigi. note, I don't know. I don't even know if it's picking up on the mic, but we have like a growling dog Gigi's in the background. The dog is making it real. This right is probably now. yeah. This has been the most uh, like I don't know external noise uh, <laughs> podcast we've had. It's yeah. okay. It's real. It's, it's keeping it's it real bit. over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wanted to design the book and and back on Women on Fire in in a way that gave people a lot of entry points because I think people need different things. So yeah. some people might be like, I'm great on voice, but oh boy, do I need help around desire or right. around play. Um, or so, release. Or... Yeah, whatever it is. You know, start wherever you want. You don't have to read it in order. Um, you'll get a lot out of it. There's a whole um, PDF download you can get of all the exercises in the book. Don't feel overwhelmed by them. Um, do the ones that speak to you. You know, I know that a lot of times I get stuck in books where there's a lot of assignments because I'm like, I have to do every one. You know, it's mm. like the high achiever kind yeah. of thing. Uh, and, you know, do the ones that, that speak to you. Don't get overwhelmed. Um, yeah, there's a lot of inspiration in the book and the stories. And then there's a lot of like real practical things. So, and I think this is perfect timing. I mean, I, perfect timing. I only know <laughs> really my life now, but. Um, I feel like there's so much going on with our culture sexually with like so much talk about gender and bisexuality and all kinds of different sexuality in the youth and then all this you know college campus right like there's so much going on right now in Planned Parenthood yeah bigger spotlight on it right so I Mm -hmm. feel like uh, really understanding our own sexuality more and really looking at 
kind of like the man in the mirror thing, you know, mm. to really take stock of where we are individually can is the way to really help shape where we are going culturally. So um, thank you for mm. that. Yeah, I wanted to do a different kind of sexuality book. And I think that I did achieve that. It, it is, um, it's not a technique book. It's not, right. you know, technique books are great. I mean, Lesbian Sex Secrets is, is a technique book. Um, but I wanted it to be a bigger rewrite uh, of how we approach sexuality and what empowerment really is um, so that people could have a higher level of conversation because I think people really want that. I, I agree. I, yeah, I know I they agree, do. Yeah. They tell yeah. me that all the time. Well, I think so. you mentioned that the workshop as well um, when we were at the Pleasure Chest about was it that you couldn't find a very good definition for was it sexuality? Mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah. And like yeah. just the way that it was being defined. Yeah. Very limited. Lacking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I had a whole shelf of sexuality textbooks and not one of them actually defined it in a clear way. So I was like, mm-hmm. huh, interesting. Okay. So how do I want to do that? So. Yeah. And create a vocabulary for everyone. Yeah. 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 So go get the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's on Amazon and everywhere else. And you can find Amy yeah. Jo's classes, just everything that you're doing at amyjoegutter.com. Mm-hmm. That's with two D's, not two O's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can yeah. find her on, you can find on Twitter yeah. um, at Amy Jo Goddard as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you're curious, sort of, uh, you know, back to that initial question of like, what is a sexually empowered person? Um, there's a, there's a little one sheet download. If you want to go to amyjoegoddard.com slash what is it? Slash. <laughs> slash. Well, we'll post sexual it as empowerment. Well. <laughs> I should know this by now. Fact sheet download. Uh, my team has it's to a make lot it to easy remember. for me to remember. I know. I can't remember these things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. If you want the little one-sheeter, that's there. But, um, but yeah, if you like what we're talking about, you'll like the book. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I liked about the book, too, is... Um, like I said, there's sort of these anecdotes, but I think it makes it fun. And I think it's like remembering that kind of tapping into mm-hmm. that is like what's fun for you, what feels good for mm-hmm. you. And almost like I always sort of say like like the little white rabbit, like you're following. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it feels good, keep going there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah on that note, yeah, you're listening to TNA Talk Sex. We're with Amy Jo Goddard. Good. <laughs> said it wrong again. <laughs> Well, I did it once. You did it once. We're right. equal now. Amy Jo Goddard, <laughs> author of the book Woman on Fire. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Hey.